You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. But before we do that, I'm just going to give a little bit of an update on the podcast. So uh, things continue to go a lot better now that uh, I've got Ben helping out, of course, with all the COVID-19 stuff going on. I would hope that... I have more time. Um, it's kind of shaking out a little bit. Yes, a little bit. No. With the kids being home all the time now, there's a lot more parenting slash teaching that I've got to do. The kids are getting schoolwork from school, but it's mostly busy work. It's not very well defined. The kids have a lot of questions and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of my time is being spent teaching the kids. And then when it's time for me to do work, I'm doing work into the evening, and so it's kind of a, you know, it's not an ideal situation. It's not as easy as if I just had to work from home on my own and there was nobody else here. So we've got that going on. I'm trying my best, though, to get out the episodes on a weekly basis because I know that... You know, I've got a lot of cool episodes here for people to listen to. You know, podcasting is something that people can still both, you know, do by recording and for people to listen to during this time. So I definitely want to get as much content out there as I possibly can. Ben is doing amazing and helping me out with that so that, you know, as we're sharing episodes and he's editing some and I'm editing some and all that help get as many of these episodes out there as possible. So, you know, that's that's kind of the situation situation right now um you know obviously we don't know how long this thing is going to last it looks like it's going to last longer than people were saying in the beginning which completely makes sense you know a lot of cons aren't happening now so i don't even know i'm hoping that by the time of chicago tardis this year that the restrictions will be lifted and that con will go forward but even that con is playing things very uh close to the vest and uh you know they're they're kind of hazy on whether or not they'll even be running that con which is in november so that tells you right there about the level of confidence that people have right now on how long this thing is going to last so anyway this is a good episode (laughs) hopefully it will take your mind off of everything that's going on i'm sorry that this uh, intro is kind of a downer um other than that i think you know we're still in a good place or a better place than we were for the show to getting episodes out so uh there's that and so yeah um i don't think i'm going to mention any more here so let's just go back to the podcast that's already in progress You know him as the guy who absolutely loves comics. You know that he has Thanos on his couch and he won't just leave. And that is my buddy, Eric. 
Eric, how are you doing? Doing okay. I have to start doing research into some of those uh, webcomic apps and see if um, we can start uploading through there. We'll get the website back up soon, but I have to start doing research into that, see if we can get more uh, more hits and interest out of that. Sure. Um, and I'm going to totally, while while at Disney, um, find Loki and annoy <laughs> the hell out of him. Okay. And ask him how that... Uh, how that double cross or triple crossing uh, Thanos worked out for him. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally gonna do that if I see him, just yeah. to see if he plays along or not. I think I think <laughs> I think you kind of buried the lead there, and that you're going to Disneyland, right? Uh, yeah, in a couple, just for a couple days, and then I got Pyromorphicon, which I don't know if um I don't know if I'm the only one uh that is a Power Rangers fan, but uh I was reading about the uh reading about the anniversary episode that's gonna be airing at a uh, PM time, surprisingly, not a uh, uh it's a Power Rangers episode that'll air at eight PM uh at the end of August, which is surprising in itself. But uh, it's a twenty fifth anniversary episode and uh from what they've said it's gonna gonna be pretty interesting. They've basically so people that have complained about uh Tommy Oliver being the most overpower ranger of all time, uh prepare to have yourselves validated according to the uh according to the plot synapsis. Uh Tommy now has a uh morpher that basically gives him the ability to uh transform into any of the uh any of the ranger forms that he's had throughout the whole series i'm surprised enough that power rangers is still on so you know <laughs> that was news to me well, as soon as you when said you, it <laughs> when you have super sentai which has 40 plus years of history you really think uh power rangers is gonna die <laughs> well no i'm just surprised people are still watching <laughs> No, oh, not the Japanese one. Sentai. No, 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 no. I know that's an institution. It's a huge show. It's by, it's by, it's every other year, but it's a very popular uh, convention. Okay. Well, no, I am. That's that's great. <laughs> like you know, I haven't seen any of it since Zio. That's true. <laughs> and I used to only so watch for one person. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, you should watch. Um, you should watch Time Force on uh, Netflix. Okay. Because it's. Uh, it has probably one of the best female leads with one of the best female lead stories of like any superhero genre fiction ever. Jen, okay. Jen Scott is a badass. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> so, anything else going on for you, Eric? Uh, no. So I will be on vacation next week, which is nice. And then I start my new job the literally the same day that I come home. Because, of course, I do that to myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's bad enough when I end a vacation, I have to go back to work the next day, not, like, start back work the day I come back. Are you, ki- you kidding me? If I can't get any, fl- any sleep on that flight, um, I'm going to be hopped up on energy drinks the whole day. <laughs> if I can't get any... <laughs> I'm imagining Beavis from Beavis and Butthead with his shirt pulled over his head. I am the great Cornholio. I am the great Cornholio. I need TV. (laughs) All right, so Uh, what were you saying? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you can cut this from the the edit depending on when it airs, or maybe not. um, Did you see that they did a special one-shot critical... Role episode with Terry Crews. No, I, I have not been watching Critical Role. Yeah, um, so they did a World of Warcraft themed uh, Dungeons and Dragons game with uh, Terry Crews. It's a one shot episode. That's about how many? How long is it? It's on. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's uh, two and a half hours long. 
long, and it's Terry Crews and uh, Ashley Birch is on the episode. It's very, it's very fun. I'm already a half hour in it, and I'm really liking. I don't know if he plays like regularly, like a Joe Mangia Mangin- I always screw up his name. Uh, Joe Manginello. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he plays regularly like him, mm-hmm. but uh, he. It looks like he's having a lot of fun. It's and they got Troy Baker in there too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, Critical Role, it's a little too meta for me. Uh, I, oh, I really? don't, yeah, I, I don't watch other people play D&D, because then I'm like, why am I not playing? The only thing that, uh, I like the gamers movies, I don't know if you've ever seen those, but then it's like, yeah, they're sitting around playing, but then you're actually inside the story, and you're watching the story that they're playing. Oh, and yeah, to me, the, uh... that's interesting to watch, but watching people sitting around a table playing, uh, that to me is like, why Why am I not just going out and playing D&D then? <laughs> so... The zombie, zombie Orpheus guys, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love those guys. Mm. I haven't watched anything from them for a while, but I really like those guys. Yeah, Their that content and Journey Quest. The gamers and Journey Quest are the, yep. the two that oh, I Oh, I love Journey I Quest. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> another podcast but anyway all right (laughs) eric it's good to have you back on the show it is always good to be here my friend and next up she was bitten by a radioactive mcu movie she is the expert (laughs) in all things marvel cinematic universe and that is my buddy jen how are you doing jen i am doing excellent sir (laughs) uh so what's new and exciting for you um well, uh, my my new hobby uh, is uh, is gaming. It's it's mm. it's kind of kind of weird. Um, I uh, my my first job out of college was I was a tabletop role playing game designer, mm-hmm. and then I just I stopped doing it for like twenty years and and did LARPing and had other hobbies and stuff. And uh, a friend of mine, um, uh, who's another graduate student, said. Okay, you really need to play this this uh, one scenario for Knights Black Agents called the Dracula Dossier, and I'm like, okay, well, what's what's that? And and it is, oh my god, it's it's basically they they took because Dracula's in the public domain, they took mm-hmm. the text of Dracula and added in another 150 pages worth of uh, of of in character text, and then went through and marked it up in character from from like three different investigators' points of view. And so it's it's basically like a giant academic like um, Venus flytrap that, <laughs> that, that, that like me and, and the other people are like I must dissect this. This is so cool. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. It's you know I've I've put an in, incredibly huge amount of time into this already, and mm-hmm. I look forward to it sucking more of my time away because okay. it is so much fun. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, did, did I see you say something on Facebook recently, too, about, about playing other some other tabletop game? Um, I, I, I have just been, you know, starting to go out and look and see what, what the heck is happening has been happening while I've had my head in the sand and uh, Delta green was, was uh, the first version of it had just come out as of when I started stepping away. And I was like, I wonder what Delta green's up to now. And I started looking stuff up and I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> so I am in fact sitting here with the Delta green uh, rule book sitting next to me. Okay. So if, it, if it gets, if it, if y'all get boring, I, I may, uh, I, I may go ahead go back to reading. Ouch. <laughs> Here we hear some dice rolling over the microphone. <laughs> uh, oh, that's cool, though. But uh, yeah, it's good to have you back on, Jennifer. Thank you. 
And finally, uh, I don't even know how to introduce him anymore, so I'm just going to say he's my nemesis, he's the guy you love to hate, and that is Ryan. <laughs> how are you doing, Ryan? Oh, what? Sorry, I was reading. Were you saying something? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, that's funny until I'm actually in a session and, you know, some of the players do that crap. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to plant any ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, um, get your head out of the rule book. (laughs) So, uh, how are you doing, Ryan? I'm, I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Um... Just getting ready for Dragon Con uh, and a couple weeks away, and uh, you just like hearing and, me groan every time that you bring up that you're going to Dragon Con. Well, it's, it's definitely a bonus. <laughs> you know? Do you twist the knife further? <laughs> okay, in fairness, I've been going since the '90s, but um, I'm at that point now where I've started having like the weird dreams, like like I'll dream, yeah, yeah, you know, like I get there and I forgot my tickets or not that that would be a big deal but one the weirdest one is i'll get there and i'm sitting in the lobby of the hotel and i realize it's like sunday and i've just forgotten about it's convention is happening all around me and i just realized oh it's something i've done nothing (laughs) i had panels i was supposed to do exactly you know like i better go get my badge <sighs> yeah. yeah, dreams like that are weird sometimes. I've had similar things with school before, where it's like, wait yeah. a minute, it's the end of the day. I didn't go to any of my classes. I, my school dream is way more intense and scary. I don't, I don't like to re- talk about. Those. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thankfully, I haven't had to revisit any of those since I got out. But no. Um. So, uh, besides Dragon Con, anything else? Uh, I'm, well, it's sadly, it's Dragon Con related. No, I'm just going through and uh, rewatching, uh, like, Jessica Jones Season 2, Luke Cage Season 2. Basically, the stuff that I'm going to be talking about there um, on on several panels where I will, be, of course, be pimping the 42 cast. Um, Thank you. But no, I mean, beyond that, my life is really just get up at a god-awful hour to go to work and come home and then claim to be productive but actually just take a nap you know? <laughs> i feel your pain on that one too yeah <laughs> i have such ambition for all the things that i want to get done and when i come home <laughs> i'm so fried that it's like i can't <laughs> i can't process the information i need to process i mean it's it's community i will i have been productive in pokemon go it's community <laughs> day, and i've got like 17 shiny eevees so as long as your you priorities get, are right right yeah exactly you know? <laughs> how's your website <laughs> it exists <laughs> you ever think that transformers review is gonna go up there <laughs> uh you know I mean, i'm tempted to just <sighs> Yeah, yeah, it, it will eventually. <laughs> How about your Spider-Man it. Homecoming review? <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit more iffy. No, okay. literally, the Transformers one, I really just need to, like, f- fix some typos and put uh, a banner on it and slap it up. It would literally take me, like, 20 minutes. Tops. It's been over a year. <laughs> Yeah, but to be fair, it's a Transformers movie. Again. Yeah, no, it's I only know. Gonna get but you days. also you promised a Spider-Man Homecoming review, which is also <laughs> a year overdue. Well, yeah, I, I maybe uh, I'll time them to coincide with Spider-Man Far From Home Far and from Bumblebee. Some nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. You know, when they announced the movie, it was called Far From Home. I tried to find any screenshot or any images I could find. I used to have this T-shirt, and it was an alien. And uh, the the T-shirt said Far From Home, but all is one word, and it had an umlaut over the O. <laughs> Which spoke to me as a as a somebody who took four years of German. Uh, <laughs> so, but I couldn't find any pictures on the internet of that shirt. But anyway, <laughs> I couldn't have been the only one who owned it, but apparently, I don't know. Apparently. But, <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's good to have you back on, Ryan. It's good to be back. All right. Okay. So you guys know what's up next. It is five minute controversy and five minute controversy, uh, replaced five questions because Jen, cursed it <laughs> about a year ago and <laughs> so <laughs> it, it allows us to do the same thing of loosening up but it, we only do one question <laughs> and and so it, it lasts a whole lot long less time so yeah it doesn't ask last 90 minutes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i just edited a podcast and we actually got to the like topic like 30 minutes in so anyway all right so this this uh episode's controversy um so this isn't 100% sure, but the the word coming from Lucasfilm right now is that they're thinking of splitting episode 9 into two films. Ugh. And, and this was a very popular move about 10 years ago. It started with Harry Potter and Hunger Games did it. Divergent was supposed to do it, but then the last one made so little money that they're never going to do part two. So um, my question for you guys is, do you think that this is a good move? Or do you think that they should just stick with their original outline and just get it done in one movie? Um, so uh, let's go Jen, then Eric, then Ryan. Okay, I, I think without knowing what uh, what it is that they're going to do with it, um, like like what uh, what the plot is and, and and what's what's going on with that, I mean it's it's hard to say. Maybe there is enough plot for for two movies. Honestly, you know, Deathly Hallows was was you know that that had enough, but. Then I look at things like The Hobbit, <laughs> where we had enough for maybe one movie and they made it three. Right. Um, and that's just not necessary and not a good idea. Um, I I kind of feel like like Star Wars is on slightly shaky ground right now. Um, partly, you know, there's 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 all the crazy hater bs but but you know uh han solo not not uh, as well received as i think they had hoped mm-hmm. um and so it maybe is not the right time to be to be playing around with things like this and doing things that look like a money grab <laughs> um uh so but i don't know i mean it's impossible to know without knowing what i mean when when you're talking about a known uh, amount of plot like deathly hallows or hunger games or something you can say is there enough for two 90 minute solid movies but we don't know at this point so yeah. it's a it's a fair so, point yeah. i come back to the fact that there are outlines that exist, and I haven't seen them, of course, but, you know, one presumes that the outlines for each movie are of equal length because they originally conceived them as a single movie. So to spread it out into two movies sounds like they're just padding stuff out, but I don't know that for sure. Um, you know, maybe maybe they've got 
a really great idea for something and they don't think it's enough to stand on its own as a film but they think it could work in who knows mm-hmm. but um w- with based on based on the non-existent amount of information that i have on it i'm gonna <laughs> say bad idea uh eric what about you i kind of hope they just stick with one movie because none of the other franchise movies have needed um have needed to be split into two and i really don't see a need especially with like well let's just say what it is the unneeded padding in a in um a certain character's story through out last jedi even though i really like the movie yeah that's right i'm talking about the casino scene yeah. <laughs> that thing lasted way too long it, was it could not- have been cool and it yet it was been. not. My favorite thing about the casino scene is that Ryan Johnson was like, there was nowhere in this movie that we could have put Lando. And I'm watching the casino scene oh going, you know what? This would have been a great place for Lando to be right, in yep. it. <laughs> right? Now, he's going to be in episode nine and maybe like, you know, if he had been in the casino scene, they couldn't do what he was going to, they were going to do, they're going to do now in episode nine. But either, but either way, that, that I was just watching that whole thing with my mouth, you know, kind of open going, I think Lando could have fit in here. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry, Eric, continue. But no, I, I really think they don't really need a second um, second film at all. Like there's, I can't really think of. Oh, you know, like we need the se- we need the second piece to like add to it. It's like no, not not really. I mean, Jen brings out the point that you know, yeah, maybe maybe they've found some new pieces to add into the script. But I mean, it's like. It's like, okay, but can we learn from the 20 minutes that you could have easily cut to make The Last Jedi stronger? I'm sorry, I just had this image of, you know, because I always imagine that J.J. Abrams watched um, Last Jedi with his mouth open going, oh no, he didn't, and that, <laughs> now... Now he's gonna write like oh, I gotta break episode nine into two movies because now we have to have a whole movie delving into Snoke's backstory and Ray's parentage before we go oh, into God. the actual story of episode nine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> not really. Anyway, um, so <laughs> all right, no, I got you, Eric. Um, and Ryan, what's what's your thoughts on this? Did you talk about the fact that, yeah, it's, it's Abrams want to go back and, and fix everything that Ryan Johnson did, which first tells me that the idea of an outline is pretty much BS to begin with. Um, <laughs> they might have like a vague general idea, maybe something written like on the back of a placemat at a Denny's or something. Um, <laughs> but that's about as far as it, it's got. It reminds me of the expanded universe what they did with Mara Jade, how, uh, depending on the author, she was attracted to Lando or she was attracted to Luke. And for whatever god awful reason, Kevin J. Anderson wanted her to be with Lando. And I don't get that, but anyway, <laughs> it might be one of the reasons I stopped reading the expanded universe. I, I, I disagree with your assessment of that whole situation, but that's, that's for another time to discuss. But, <laughs> but uh, in general, my feelings on the matter are if there's enough story there and it's a good story, I will watch two or three or four movies. But yeah, like like Jen mentioned with The Hobbit, you know, I, I don't need uh, an hour's worth of running past goblins on, mm. on bridges. It, it just it's unnecessary. Uh, I guess it might, unless unless you bring back Ewoks and do something terrible to them, I, I'm not really uh, up for it. Um, 
I, I, I have problems with J.J. Abrams to begin with. He's not my favorite director. I think he was perfectly adequate for Episode 7 and maybe even necessary. But uh, I do not think he's the right director to finish the trilogy of trilogies, which is what it should be, a trilogy of trilogies. Uh, <laughs> this this would kind of make it not a trilogy of trilogies. Um, well, don't you want it to say Episode 9A <laughs> and yeah, Episode 9B on the call? Yeah. <laughs> it's still or a trilogy. 9 and 9.5. <laughs> you know. But ultimately, what I'm reminded of is last year with uh with with the last Jedi and Disney's you know renegotiation of the deal with with theaters forcing them to keep it in theaters longer and getting more of the ticket price. I'm altering yeah. the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. Exactly. 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 We were all sitting here yeah. waiting to make that comment. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's exactly what this is. I I feel like for the most part Disney has found the right vibe with Marvel. Kind of just leave it alone, let it do its thing, and it works. I feel like with Disney, they, oh, I'm sorry, with uh, Lucasfilm, they've got they're they're too involved. Maybe they're just too. It's, it was a way more expensive purchase, um, so maybe they're just too hands on with it because they don't want to see that money go to waste or whatever. <laughs> Not that it is, but yeah, it, this it, there's just Star Wars is in danger. I liked Last, Last Jedi. It's one is my third favorite Star Wars film, but there is a real danger here of losing um, something essential, the soul of the franchise. And I, I also like Solo too, for that matter, you know. But just for some reason, the idea of two episode nines doesn't work for me. Uh, my last thought on it, though, is that generally, you talked about. Um, uh, what would devi- uh, divergence? Uh, it, they seem to work better when they're filmed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, divergence wasn't. And look, we're never going to get that second one. Um, but yeah, like the Harry Potter, uh, Infinity War. Hopefully, even even the Richard Donner Superman and uh, Superman Two were filmed concurrently. And Superman Two was badass, at least for its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah, no, I mean, my, yeah, I, I, and I get that this one is different in that it's not based on an existing property, uh, like, you know, uh, Deathly Hallows, Hunger Games, the Divergent books, all of that are, are based on other media. Um, but still, like I say, it was conceived as a single movie and breaking it up still seems like a money grab kind of thing. And like you said, even from an aesthetic standpoint, trilogy of trilogies. You know, just see, it seems like it should be a single movie to, to cap things off just because then you, you have that nice, you know, uh, uh, you know, rhythm of the of the movies, you know, going for, you know, through the right. whole thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And it might not even happen because all that's been said is that they're they're looking into possibly uh, expanding it out. But I mean, frankly. Even if it's a three-hour movie, I would rather they just made a single one rather than try to do two two two-hour movies and add, like, an hour's worth of material um, to make that worthwhile. So, but we'll see how it goes. Got to be a reason to buy the Blu-ray. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, The Hobbit. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's not talk about The Hobbit. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I was so disappointed with those. (sighs) All right. 
But, uh, all right, so yeah, I think we have uh, a consensus on this that we don't think it's a a good idea. Um, But uh, before we start talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, let's pause for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast. We are Nerdlanta. We got these filters, I think they're called pea poppers. That's that's exciting. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. for popping all the peas. Sweaty balls balls and pea poppers. poppers. Always is a time. (laughs) Can a podcast be a reboot? Oh, God, yes. That's awesome. We are highly highly calculated at a late hour. I guess that's it. We played the promo. So. Okay. That was an awesome promo. And like we said at the top of the show, this week we're going to talk about a little film uh, that's a sequel to a film from three years ago called Ant-Man and the Wasp. And um, Ant-Man was a movie that I know a lot of people thought, aha, this is going to be Marvel's first mistake. Um, People didn't really have faith in the character to be able to pull off a movie. Um, Poor Edgar Wright had been working on the movie for like 10 years. (laughs) Because I remember reading from 2005 about how there was an Ant-Man movie in development with Edgar Wright. And uh, then he was removed from the movie as director. And, um, you know, they had another director come in to helmet. And so people were worried about that whole situation and everything else. And at least from my standpoint, Ant-Man was a tremendous hit. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very fun movie. Um and after I was a little disappointed by Age of Ultron that summer, uh, oh, going little. yeah, <laughs> going into I, Ant-Man wait. and just having this very refreshing solo movie uh, that was a little offbeat and was, you know, uh, you know, I just had some fun characters and, and, and you know, was just interested in, in having a good time. You know, I, I really I really dug that. Um, so uh, just out of curiosity, really quick. Um, Thoughts on the original Ant-Man before we talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp? Just, just, just a few sentences. Um, so let's go um, Eric, then Ryan, then Jen. It's just it's just like Guardians, where it was something completely uh, completely unique and new to uh, the superhero genre, and I thought it was a very, very fun movie. Hmm. Ryan? Well, okay, I did my undergrad studying ants. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you are on this episode, by Wait, the way. Put him on mute. Put him on mute. <laughs> so let me finish. I was uh, I expected to go in hating it, and I also had low expectations because you know they changed directors, and and I was I'm a you know medium to warm uh, Edgar Wright fan, mm-hmm. and so I was just expecting it to to fail. I was expecting this to be the first Marvel movie that I really really hated. Just more so even than just you know like iron man 3 or the incredible hulk and (laughs) so i came out of it thinking wow once i turned my brain off that was a good movie i really enjoyed it It, i felt like it had heart and soul in a way that uh some of the marvel movies haven't had since phase one Mm -hmm. um it was very much a phase one movie in at the end of phase two 
And it, it, they totally butchered everything about ants, but that's... Don't get, me, don't get me started on that. Well, you know, Ryan, there's a parallel universe somewhere where Ant-Man was the first Marvel movie. <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> they started development on it at the same time as they started with Iron Man. So <laughs> if, if, if they had just done, you know, something a little different, maybe it would have been ready first. So. <laughs> there's a parallel universe where the uh, Corman Fantastic Four was the beginning of the MCU. So, you know... <laughs> Still would have been better than any of the Fantastic Fours we've had. <laughs> so, Jed? Uh, very much like Ryan, um, I uh, I was very apprehensive when uh, they they switched uh, writer-director in midstream. Uh, that seemed like a, a really incredibly bad sign. Um but um, I, you know, I'm always preaching the gospel of, of Marvel being smart in in uh, in picking different kinds of genres and inserting superheroes into them rather than trying to just make lots and lots of the same kind of superhero movie. Um, so I was I was very apprehensive going into it, but I absolutely loved it. And Luis is my favorite supporting character in the MCU. And if if the merger uh, uh, with uh, with Fox goes through, my, my greatest hope in the world is to have a Dopinder and Luis road movie, because that would be the best thing ever. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, let's start talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, so uh, even though we had Infinity War at the beginning of the summer, Ant-Man and the Wasp takes a step back. Um, I think it would have been a much darker... Kind of would have had to. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't really do a lighthearted, fun summer movie when uh, <laughs> if half the world's just died. <laughs> so <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I do wonder, I mean, I don't know, has anyone ever talked to anyone who isn't, like, really into, like, the comic stuff to find out if anyone was, like, wondering what was going on when they watched Ant-Man and the Wasp? Um, this is something I just thought of. It's like, did people go in there, like, and were like, what? Like, I don't see everybody dead, you know, kind of thing. No, because well, I, mean, I, think, I think the marketing made it pretty clear, even before we see the time lapse between Civil War and this, that, like... Mm-hmm this was taking place before for the most part in the marketing yeah no okay really yeah i didn't i didn't see anything that said this takes place before infinity war like in the marketing but yeah i mean i think the tone of it suggested light and comedic so you could maybe infer that but uh yeah i mean i remember when we were waiting for the showing um not our group, but the uh, some another group of, who, of people who are next to us who are, I guess, just more. They're not as avid fans, but they're still fans. They, they'd seen Infinity War. I think they. I think they. I don't know if they've seen every Marvel movie, mm-hmm. but I heard one of them explain to Taylor, "No, no, this one takes place before Infinity War." And it was hilarious because they were trying to be. They were. It was, it was cute because the she was trying to explain. She didn't want to spoil Infinity War in case anyone else outside the theater hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, I guess there are people out there who. Who just? I, I think we tend to think that all the fans are like us, and they've seen these movies. They've seen them multiple times. They probably own most of them, and they can cite quotes and references and actors. But I, there's a large portion of people out there who are just, 
you know, they just see some of them, and that just boggles no, my mind. No, I know, and I know. There's there's a guy at my work that's like only seen like six or seven of the MCU movies, and I'm like, how do you even do that? But <laughs> they're the but, people that get up at the beginning of the credits. Yeah, well, and that's the yeah. There are people like in the movie theater that when Thanos like you know did the snap and like half the people disappeared, they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, was that not obvious that that was because I went into this movie expecting that, so you know, because I, I know. Well, there's another one that has to follow up on it so you know it's like, oh, but yeah you know other people have lives and stuff so you know that's their first mistake yeah. that's right. I love that when people are like the bad guy won what do you right, think the bad guy won it's Empire Strikes Back there's precedent yep. but anyway um but yeah, okay, so yeah, we had Infinity War. This was, of course, a complete tonal shift, 180 degrees uh, away from that, which, um, again, was, was, was a little refreshing. Um, but we kind of expected it this time. So um, so just, just in sort of a general overview, this being a sequel and all, did you guys feel like... Hmm, how do I put this? Did you guys feel that it was now playing things a little safe um, with yeah. the second Ant-Man and the Wasp um, and, and and just basically felt like oh you liked this from the first movie we'll give that to you again um, so Eric you said yeah so, uh, so, so, through, so through, most, through most of the film actually like that's probably one of my downsides to the movie because it's a fun movie but it's definitely under it's definitely like the, I'd put the first one over this one because of stuff like that like there's some really cool stuff at play but then you have the very basic plot you know what i mean like that there wasn't real and i mean i'm not knocking it for basically not having a bad guy though i mean hey walt goggins who can complain um love that man (laughs) that man needs to be in everything yeah (laughs) I, I, I gotta say, the thing that hit me the hardest, though, or that, not the hardest, it's not, like, super big deal, but the thing that felt to me like, you're just doing this because it was in the first movie, was that they had to reset Hope and uh, Scott's relationship back to one that's slightly antagonistic, and you know, just like they were in the first one, where it's like, we should be past that garbage already, but they had to, <laughs> you know, create that whole, like, oh, we're kind of bitter... No, I- I I thought that was completely reasonable because uh, with with Scott basically you know going going off to Germany and and fighting uh, fighting for Captain America that got them into trouble and and they're you know they were in enormous trouble for that and you know he didn't he didn't ask them he didn't tell them you know it just is like oh now your tech since your technology was used you're you're screwed so right, i completely but, understood why she was pissed at him but none of that was in civil war so that was the decision of the writers of this movie to yes. set up the situation that yep. way that, so that's what i'm saying is that they felt the need to reset their relationship by creating that that was the thing he went off without their approval you know for all we knew in civil war he had said hey you know hank hope i'm i'm doing this thing and they were behind him like yeah the scovia courts are bad well obviously that didn't happen but you know that could have been the way that it went um, yeah, it probably would have been more like screw tony stark Go right down. yeah exactly <laughs> screw tony stark. they are towing they are towing a very fine line with a uh, with hope's writing especially in this movie because it's like i i get the frustration over you know 
over uh, Scott deciding to go help Cap, but it's like you're you're playing her like as throwing all the shade towards Steve Rogers. It's like uh, tone it down a little, writers. It's like you you, you want the character to still be likable. You you might want to <laughs> tone down that nonsense because uh, last I checked, even even people who love Tony and think Cap was in the wrong and, you know, vice versa are still going, R- really? You're, you're going to be that much of a jerk about Steve Rogers? <laughs> well, this are, well, see, here's the thing. It's the same arc, though, because at the end, they're back into an actual romantic relationship, which is where the first one ended. And so that's the thing to me. It's like, okay, if you wanted to reset things and have her be, you know, that she's she's not happy with Scott, then, then have it go a different way. Then it's like, no, I mean, we can work together, but, you know, we're never gonna be together like that or something along those lines and that would be fine it just felt to me like oh we're just gonna do the same arc over again Uh, and that's the part that i didn't like yeah no i'm right there with you i agree with that i'm sorry but like are you gonna tell me that when you were dating someone in a long-term relationship that you never really had a fight that broke you up or nearly broke you up and you got back together and you made it right no i mean this it felt i'm with jen on this it, it felt organic in the sense that yeah maybe it was kind of a return uh, to the sort of default original state but it made sense it worked with the story and i think it was maybe necessary as well to to elevate uh hope because otherwise she would have just been you know the waiting the woman waiting at home for her man to return to her no she was wronged you know he didn't ask her to come she had her uniform by then she had her her abilities mm-hmm. and he didn't ask her to come yeah you know, it, yeah so it made perfect sense actually he but, wasn't he apparently he wasn't aware that yeah. she had a uniform though because he didn't know, know anything about, about it <laughs> you gave her but, wings you know, <laughs> so the question there is where does Civil War fall with the end scene, the after credit scene for the first Ant Man and all that right. other jazz. But uh who who knows? Maybe maybe the after credit scene for the original Ant Man happened after Civil War and after Scott was already locked up. I don't know. No. That's an interesting question. But I do like the idea that he had all the tech and he just didn't give it to Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just recruited you for a suicide mission. <laughs> That that was that was really that that that's an, a great example of something where that was one of the best lines in the movie and it was in the trailers and it was right. like oh that would I wish I could have been surprised by that because that was that was just so great it's like no no I had it right. <laughs> I'm just glad it made it into the movies yes into yeah. the film and didn't get end up on the cutting room floor like yeah they isn't do. that great how like they put all these great lines in trailers now but then cut them before they go into the actual movie seriously. <laughs> Um, I loved all the stuff. Now, one of the things that I think this movie did really well was that they upped the ante on all the uh, size changing and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. And visually, that was a ton of fun. You know, like having like the big container with all the little cars in them and just being able to like pick the one you want and expanding it um, and shrinking the skyscraper down to where it's like a piece of luggage with the handle and everything. And a a lot of that was in the previews too but yeah. yeah as long as you don't think about the science i mean the <laughs> <laughs> i was able to mostly turn my brain off the one thing that poked through regarding size changing was is the fact that when when scott go you know turns into giant man mm-hmm. you know his blood sugar is off he, he mm-hmm. loses consciousness and he's about what you know uh 
I don't know, maybe five times as big as he normally is mm-hmm. uh, to do that. But these ants can – Pim can turn these ants into hundreds, a hundred times larger than their normal size <laughs> with no consequences <laughs> whatsoever. You know? I love that you're the curmudgeon on this one, Ryan. You're like, science! <laughs> Les, Ryan's, Ryan's the guy that tries to uh, – Ryan's the guy that tries to argue for the positives of metachlorians. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of that term before. <laughs> but, Ryan – Ants are a more robust uh, species. That that's why. Yeah, uh, more adaptable. Yeah, they don't. That they wouldn't even be able to get enough oxygen. But I, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> There's a reason we don't have large insects on this planet anymore. You know. That's okay. No. That's they okay. Janet. Bugs. Janet was in the quantum realm for 30 years without anything to eat, and she's just fine. So. Uh, yeah. Well, she apparently found an anthropology to get clothes. So I don't know. <laughs> right. Totally. I I was hoping they were going to introduce the microverse. I really was, but oh. yeah, I was too. Can I say that's that's one of my major pet peeves with the movie is I would have loved to have seen more of Janet and not get her for what was that? Maybe like fifteen minutes at most. We get her and we barely get to see Janet being the Janet we all know and love because it's Michelle Pfeiffer, so you know she can be the Janet we all know and love. Right. But, we got her for 20 minutes. You're forgetting when she took over Scott. <laughs> I thought that was really well done, actually. It was. I was, it was. I was very impressed with, with his acting chops on that. <laughs> so It was awkwardly awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Holding the hands with Hank and... <laughs> And can I, can I can I just say, as a completely comfortable heterosexual man, this that that scene within the first what was that first twenty minutes when Scott has his shirt off and you're just like, "Damn, Paul Rudd." Damn. <laughs> I, I think I think one of my criticisms of the movie is that the I almost feel like we had two separate movies, like the Getting Janet movie and then the the Ghost as the Enemy movie, because I felt like when they tried to segue the two together, like, the Ghost was willing to hurt Cassie. She should not get a free pass at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like that was totally wrong, like, completely wrong with the movie, but it was like, well, we just got Janet, so we had to sort of end this somehow, so Janet has quasi-mystical powers, and she heals Ghost. Woo! Good, you know. Uh, so without, will, oh, sorry. Right. I was just gonna say I will defend that if you like. Okay. Uh, she she was coming at it. She was in. Uh, she was in pain, and I know that just sounds like, oh big deal. But she she threatened Cassie, but we never actually. Well, yeah. Never, if 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 uh, uh oh crap, uh, his name is escaping me. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character. If he had not stopped her, she would have hurt Cassie. Like he, maybe his motivations, I understand. Bill Foster. We don't yeah, know Bill that Foster, to be true. You. I mean, he she might have, but you know we can't say definitively they were never in the same room at the same time. Mm-hmm. She just said she was going to. See, I I kind of like. This version of Ghost, so I'm a huge fan of um, I'm a huge fan of the version of Ghost I've been using since basically around in the comics since like Civil War, the like the awesome uh, version of him that they've been using for a couple years, the deranged kind of like schizophrenic, but yeah, it's still a master hacker with these weird powers. But I really I kind of dig the Marvel Cinematic Universe of uh, of Ghost. I think she's a very interesting character, but my favorite thing about her is the fact that like 
I am an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but just like the first season and like when we were dealing with some of the secret history stuff that we get to see in Agent Carter, it's just like, oh, cool, here's another glimpse at, you know, what was probably Hydra-driven is here's mm-hmm. another like secret agent who was, who was used in a really dark way, and mm-hmm. we get to see like a tease of like, of, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. was not this perfect you know, world defense program. They did some horrible, terrible things for the greater good. And here's another tease at it. I would love to see more of that pay off in the future. Oh, I don't think That's... that was for the greater good. I think that was the Hydra people within yeah. Shield that did that. Well, no, I was using. I was okay. What? Sorry, <laughs> it's it's in my brain because of the 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 nerdy nature of me. <laughs> whenever I think of the no, whenever I think of the greater good thing, I think of and and obviously I had to explain this is a um, hot fuzz. Yeah, yeah, hot fuzz. <laughs> Thank you. That's back so to right. right. That one. That's where my brain goes. The greater and I good. Forget that I can't can't explain that without having to explain it. <laughs> Although but that, yeah, although that makes me want Timothy Dalton in an MCU movie. <laughs> yes, please, I would love that. <laughs> Timothy Dalton makes everything better. But oh, dude, if they oh, now uh, they... once upon a time, yeah, Doctor Doom, he would have been awesome. Well, no, oh, no, man, no. Yeah. Done is um, um, now that now that the Fox deal has gone through, we can get that Captain Britain in the MI thirteen. Okay, and Timothy hmm. Dalton could be. Maybe like a an older aged up um uh why can't I think of his name Union Jack. Mm-hmm. Um but the ghost is another great example of how visually this movie was so good. Because yeah, yes. the fights with the ghost were very well done and I like the, you know, invisible or intangible you know, but never, you know, but never both uh, thing that they had her doing. And, and that made for a lot of really cool and very different, you know, and that's the thing. Marvel knows how to, like, vary up this stuff. Like, we've seen certain kinds of fights before. And so it's like, mm-hmm. here's something completely different. And uh, having all that size changing going on, having Janet in the mix with the flight and in, in also being small and then having the ghost uh, with her abilities made this, uh, you know, such a visually interesting movie to watch. Um, so I really like that. And she was perfect casting. I mean, yes. if you watch Killjoys, Hannah John Kamen, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she's. I'm really glad that she's being discovered by Hollywood. She's also in um, Ready Player One, mm. and yeah, so yeah. Oh, I'm actually going to watch that tonight. <laughs> ah, keep an eye out for her. Okay, never mind. I don't want to spoil anything for Nate then. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, so, so Eric, I'm not familiar with this character, uh, but I know you've mentioned him on on uh, podcasts before. Um, I, I've heard some people have opinions of his portrayal in this movie, but uh, what were your thoughts on Jimmy Woo in this? That was, oh, that, okay. That flipped my mind completely. I didn't realize that was Jimmy. Oh, that, okay. That kind of pisses me off. Okay. <laughs> that's what I was wondering, because that's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of people who are a fan Unless. of his character did not like how they portrayed him in this movie. He's kind of like a boob, you know, like an FBI agent, um, but he's not very smart, and, you know, he's kind of like one step behind. Because this is probably me. Well, no, not necessarily. I was going to say this might be me giving Kevin Feige more credit than he deserves. <laughs> but unless this actor, just like most actors in the Marvel uni- Marvel Cinematic Universe, are signed to multi-contract deals, mm-hmm. unless he's in, he's playing the character like he should be playing the character, which is intentionally stupid. So then when they do do Agents of Atlas, they can go, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's just been playing dumb the whole time. 
Well, he, remember that he seemed pretty legitimately dumb. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm probably giving him more credit than I deserve, but I'm. I don't, like, I don't that's know. an easy recon. Colson <laughs> was kind of played for laughs in Iron Man too. Yeah, but Colson's a completely original Marvel universe, Marvel cinematic yeah, but, universe character. But my point is, there's a precedent for having a character played for laughs and then turns out to be. You know, deadly serious and and well, as all get out. I, I think Coulson was more played for laughs at the very beginning of the Avengers, where he's all like starstruck with uh, you know Steve Rogers and everything. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know that Coulson was ever really played for laughs in the movies. Because oh, I, I he has he has one of my favorite lines about about I will I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into the carpet. No. I mean that that was great <laughs> for. For proper context for the listeners of uh, of your show, uh, Jimmy Woo is to the Marvel Universe what Rip Hunter is to the DC <laughs> Universe. Oh, oh. okay. We're talking. Uh, about you're not helping your case. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about comics the comics, wise. not the uh, not yeah. the uh, yeah, TVs. Yeah, this is a guy. <laughs> I was about to say, so he's boring. <laughs> a guy who will go around playing stupid. And then the second everybody's eyes off of him is he's running an organization that is basically helping fight crime behind the scenes. Or, okay, better comparison is Jimmy Woo is the Green Hornet of the Marvel Universe. Hmm. Does that make sense? I, I get what you're going for. It's, okay. it's not, I was just curious because I have no real care about Jimmy. He was such a minor character in this movie, and I don't know him at all from the comics. But I knew that you were big into him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was Jimmy, and that kind of bothers me. Okay. <laughs> I love I love the actor. I think he's a fantastic actor. But I hated what they did. Okay, now that I know he's Jimmy, I do hate what they did. Okay. <laughs> I hate what they did completely. Because he even gets played by his... Hmm, Okay. By his other agent. Eric, yeah. Eric, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Breathe. Breathe. Get, get me the giant talking gorilla. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I, I absolutely... Okay, I'm done. Okay. I absolutely adore Cassie. Kate's from Jupiter. Sorry. I think I think uh, having uh, the Cassie and Scott stuff in this was fantastic. The whole mm-hmm. beginning with their little fake heist. Your little LARP. I right, no, yes. <laughs> Anthony, what are you telling us? You know, to go that way? Okay. <laughs> yes, that was perfect. And uh, just the idea that Scott is so bored that he's just, like, creating these elaborate <laughs> things just to, like, keep him amused and you can have fun with Cassie while she's visiting i love it mm-hmm. i love it um and that girl i mean she's doing such a great job you know because i mean she didn't have to do too much in the first ant-man movie she was just this cute kid and then in this one it's just like wow she is because you know a lot of child actors you know they don't they don't do a good job you know <laughs> i mean it's like they're just saying <laughs> their line right um, but uh man she does a great job with that role so i i if they do an ant-man 3 whatever they decide to call it um i i am on board with more cassie although i i, I am shocked i am shocked but because of how they left things i guess that there was no real reason to i thought for sure cassie was gonna bite it with the snap but I also envision Scott being know. present. We don't right. know. No, I know, I know. But the fact of the matter is, Scott's in the quantum realm, so it doesn't really matter because he wouldn't know even if she did. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so, so here's my question about the quantum realm: is could because technically 
I, I think, think it's they, outside of they, reality, and so the snap would not have worked for any. I, I was expecting both Hope and and Scott to to be in the quantum realm at the very end of it, and for for them for the snap to happen, and then be like, wait, where did everybody go? Well, no, my question is because we know about the um, we know about the the IDW deal with the Micronauts, and that's one of the reasons I think the Marvel Studios can't use the microverse no because marvel can use mar no 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 marvel cannot use the micronauts it can still use okay. the microverse because the microverse is a generic concept and is not mm -hmm. you know it's well, not that, something specific to yeah that's, um, that's right. what i was gonna ask is if they renamed it the quantum realm i didn't know if it was like a connection and kind of like a loophole of of it is the microverse but isn't the microverse right, right. i mean the whole reason bug was in the guardians of the galaxy comic was because i guess he wasn't one of the Hasbro owned Micronauts. Yeah. Even though he so, was in the comic, like, the Micronauts, they could still use Bug because he was created by Marvel. So yeah, like it's, Kevin yeah. Feige could go, we can use Bug, and they could use Bug if they wanted to. But I right. think it's one of those like weird things that they might not even though it's it's a concept and not like a trademarkable thing, I don't think they're able to use like the actual name microverse. Well, it's just like I could be wrong. It's, no, no, no. They can, they can because they can oh, also okay. use space knights, even though they can't use ROM. Like there have been comics with well, the space use... knights, but they can't use ROM the space knight because he's owned by Hasbro. Oh, so like if they if they do more cosmic stuff, they can actually use the. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, there have actually been comics since Hasbro pulled the license with Space well, I knew, Knights I knew and with that the they Microverse. Were in the comics, but I didn't know if it was like a Marvel Studios thing. No, where no, they no. couldn't use certain concepts. Okay. No, no, no. Hasbro no longer has a deal with Marvel, so they can't use any of those properties. But they can use the concept of a Space Knight, and they can use the concept of a of a Microverse because that's a generic term. Okay. You know? Thank you. I stand uh, so, corrected. So, so anyway, yeah. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> That we gone way down the rabbit hole. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, but but Jen brought up the one of the things that really bothered me because you know, you know, I thought for sure Hope was going to survive, and now we're kind of left with, you know, Black Widow, and of course Captain Marvel's going to join, and it was one of my problems with Infinity War that it's like. Um, Hey, we'll leave Rhodey as like the token black guy, and we'll leave you with one woman. But otherwise, it's all yeah. white males. Um, and and so yeah, I was really shocked about that one. That that hope wasn't going to be there as well. Um, and you know, was kind of upset about because I thought I thought for sure I didn't know if they were going to find the mom, but I knew for sure Hank's going to buy it. You know, like that's mm -hmm. that's just you know that's just given. I figured Cassie was probably going to buy it, so they'd each lose someone close to them, and yeah. then it was going to be like, okay, it's on. You know, uh, kind of thing, but uh, yeah. But instead, it's it's or it's um, Scott, and he's just left, and he doesn't even know what happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? He's just kind of lost. But, I mean, <laughs> so. they also pretty much, and uh, my educated guess here is they also laid the seeds there for both how he's going to get out and some of the the set uh, pieces that we've seen from uh, Avengers Four. You know, uh, Hank said, "Watch out for the the time." warps or time traps or whatever mm -hmm. they were. I thought that was Janet and that said so, that. No, well, whatever. It was either Hank or Janet. I can't remember which. But and I, in any event, we do know it that uh, there are scenes in Avengers 4 that show everyone back to their phase one uh, mm -hmm. selves. And so I'm betting that, that that's what happened. Scott ends up falling through one of those and comes out in phase one. Whether that's going to be how Things change or not, no idea. Don't really care. I'll wait and see. But I, I, I agree, one hundred percent 
with with getting rid of hope, it does feel kind of wrong for our <laughs> it, it's wrong on so many levels. But I also get why they did it. They kind of do want to they're rebooting it back to those original phase one characters and granted Ant-Man's a phase two character, but it was still his first movie. So I, I yeah, you know, I, it's, I think that, I think they probably could have worked the Wasp in very easily and it might, it, it, it was a mistake, but I also get that they've got a plan here. So we'll see. I, I I'm, I'm really very disappointed that the first, uh, the first time that we have a female, uh, uh, hero in the title, she gets gacked at the end of the movie. <laughs> right, no, I know that's 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 the point I was trying to make. Is it just feels yeah. it feels yeah. like the wrong step. It feels like the it's wrong the move instead of you know it's like the wrong direction. And yeah, not but... to mention the fact that I, I just I I was so incredibly happy with 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 the wasp in this. Um, I. Uh, I, I gosh, I don't I don't have it in front of me, but I, I actually looked up the the, the name of uh, her stunt woman for this because uh, like I, Heidi Moneymaker, uh, who is who is Scarlett Johansson's stunt double, is freaking amazing, mm. and this woman I think is is even better. The stuff that that um, and I don't know how much of it was CG enhanced um, of of the you know like fighting stuff, but. It, it was. I was just blown away, and like you said, all the all the the shrinking and and up and down and everything. Uh, this just made me so freaking happy as somebody yeah. who has wanted to see a, a a female action hero kicking ass. That that first thing in the lobby, uh, and the and and the the uh, the requisite uh, kitchen scene because you always mm-hmm. have to have a fight in the kitchen. Um, uh, I I was just very very happy with that. Well, it's amazing that you can't tell what parts are CG enhanced and which ones aren't, and yes. how, and in fact, how the how it was doing. And again, this is how wonderful the 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 performances and the and the effects were done. Um, but uh, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and I, I can't take credit for this because I actually heard somebody else like say this, but you know, you, normally if you have a male female superhero dynamic, the the female you know gets the gets the emotional scenes, and the man mm-hmm. gets more of the action. In this movie, that was reversed. Yep. You know, uh, Paul Rudd had more of the emotion uh, and, and and those kinds of scenes, and eventually Lily is doing all the action, which is great. And she has better powers than he does. Right. No, oh. I know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, and that was one of the lines that didn't make it into the movie. The why would I go low? I have wings. Why would I go low? Yes, uh, that's that, true. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make it in. But yeah, she, she's got wings. She's got blasters. She's better. Um, I, can't, I, 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 I'm sorry. I have to go back and just the, the final point I would make though about them, you know, basically <laughs> uh, vaping wasp uh, <laughs> is the, the mistake wasn't in in vaping wasp it was in not having uh, a female-led superhero until phase three uh, because okay. they did the same, I mean, yeah. yeah i mean yeah they did the same thing to to black panther and you know to a lesser extent dr strange and yeah everyone who and wasn't and falcon well yeah yeah well falcon was phase two yeah okay all right so yeah everyone who wasn't phase one uh just bit it and that I was don't... go ahead oh no i, was gonna say, I think I think Shuri's okay. Sorry? I think Shuri's Shuri? okay. I don't think yeah. she... Well, again, she's one of the... Yeah, not confirmed. She's the question mark. Yeah. I mean, we know Koye is, but... Right. Um, and, yeah. oh, you know you know who we do know is okay is um, Valkyrie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they did say that, well, yeah. No, what we know, we know she survived 
uh, Thanos' attack. Do we know oh, she's that's true, yeah. We don't know. I don't know if we know that. Well, they actually, the Russos actually answered a bunch of those questions. People like threw characters at them that we don't actually see after Infinity War, and they and they gave yes no answers to a lot of them. I don't I don't know specifically if Valkyrie. I can't I can't yeah. remember specifically. Yeah, I'm but. pretty sure she was confirmed as being alive. I was yeah. I was gonna throw the uh, accidental wrench into uh, Ryan's. Um, uh, Ryan's theory about how uh, Scott gets out of there and how he falls into that time loop, because uh, it's very much Infinity War Tony that's with that's with him and not not the uh, Avengers Tony, because mm-hmm. you see you see him with the equipment that he has at one point inside of Infinity War. So not to throw a wrench into your your theory on that one, but that's very he, Tony's with Scott at one point. We don't know the, well, to the extent, yeah, but we'll, we'll see. Because I mean, yeah. there might be multiple jumps that happen. Yes. There, I mean, oh, we don't true, know. Yeah. You know, we don't know exactly how this is all going to work. And exact. I mean, Avengers Four is such a. Th- I mean, we know nothing. They've done a great job of hiding it. It's going to be so different yet. from anything exactly. in the comics, right? I mean, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. I mean, what? It's like I'm eight months away. We don't. I, I didn't even because I, I don't see. Here's the thing: I read all the news bites, but I don't actually look at set photos, so I haven't seen any of the pictures you guys are talking about. Okay. Um, I had heard people say, "Well, it's obviously time travel because these are older versions of the characters," but I haven't seen them myself. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to go down too far down that rabbit hole in this one. But I do think that the the thing about time loops and the quantum or time warps mm-hmm. in the quantum realm is a is a setup. Yeah. It, it seems yeah. like too pointed a comment. To mm-hmm. not, not be something accident. right, yeah, that it's gonna pay off uh, in, in so, Avengers Four. Uh, something, something I'm really curious about is um, when they finished up the script for the film, because in um, in Nick Spencer's last uh, last Ant Man series with Scott, the I believe the name of the um, of the agency that they use for the guys in the film is actually the same from that comic. So I don't know if like that just happened to occur around the same time, but I was really curious about that. And obviously the, the Russian and the, um, the Russian and the other guy are, are references in themselves to similar characters that they use inside of that series. So I think it's, it's kind of like an interesting, like, Happen happenstance that they uh, that they kind of give those nods to the comics. Um, another thing that I felt like was thrown in just because they knew uh, how much people liked him in the first movie was. Luis, who doesn't really have a lot to do in this movie, and in mm-hmm. fact, he even oh. only gets to tell one funny story, which I thought for sure, if they're going to have Luis, they're going to have him go off, you know, three or four times, you know, with, oh, let me tell you about, you know, my, you know, whatever, my sister, my cousin, you know, this and that, yeah. and, they, and they only have him do it the one time, uh, but yeah, I, it felt like they were just kind of, him and his crew were kind of just there because it was like, hey, you liked him in the first movie, here they, they are again. Have, they did have some, some good bits, that the, the whole truth serum thing yeah, was funny. Right. I like that. Right? No, no, it was funny, but it like really I say, it had nothing serum. to do with the story, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, but yeah, Louise, what I think he was important for in this movie, as opposed to the first one. And the first one, he was Scott's friend, Scott's sidekick. And this one, he began as Scott's friend, but I think he ended as Hope's sidekick. No, oh. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, uh, I um. 
But yeah, I mean, the first movie was so because I mean, yeah, it starts out okay. Well, well, Scott's got this silly friend, whatever. But then he actually had a point. It was like, no, this is the crew that we're going to use to mm-hmm. infiltrate, you know, the the place. And 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 it was nice that it had that payoff. It had like, oh, this is actually really important. Uh, you know that we met these characters, and it wasn't just you know for laughs. And you know, I I don't really think they had that that kind of uh, you know that their position in the story wasn't that. Um, I, yeah, I will I will go so far as to agree that it, it felt like they had to force them into the story. The whole I, I'm sorry, Scott isn't the brightest, but even he wouldn't be dumb enough to tell uh, Louise where where in the woods to find. Him. Yeah, you know yeah. It, that yeah, that was taking it a little too. That was just forcing the story, forcing the yeah. narrative, and that did nearly knock me out. If I that was would probably be one of my bigger complaints about the movie. I get it, and it, it had it paid off, but it hurt to get there. Right. <laughs> so why do, why does no one um, talk or like why does basically the entire internet kind of not realize the importance of the uh, the second the second uh end credit scene because it took me took me a while to reflect on it but then i realized exactly what they were doing with that it wasn't just oh this is a cute moment with the ant it's them flat out going no this is post this is, finger this is serious snap. yes well yeah. and this is the reason why i'm annoyed by everyone who's like oh everyone who died is just in the soul gem and they're just gonna release them because i'm like no because there's a whole lot of other deaths that happened after yeah. that <laughs> because suddenly like drivers aren't in cars anymore and people aren't flying planes anymore and stuff like that yeah. so whatever they do to fix this has to do more than just like you know, undo the the first deaths. It has to somehow undo everything undo that happened snap. afterward. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right. It has to be. Well, yeah. There, there's an even more uh, subtle uh, clue that they were giving in that that scene. Yeah, you've got the ant playing the drums and the world's falling apart around him and everything. But who's commanding the ant to do that? Oh, I thought it was already set by Hank to just oh, do everything yeah. Scott no, would I thought, do. I thought it was already. Yeah, for when Wu came, but that it's been, I'm assuming, days or at least some time. Right, but I I assume it wasn't countermanded ever. (laughs) (laughs) So Scott just hasn't been home in that time. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's another reason why that wouldn't work for ants. So, like I said, it took me a while to reflect on it, and like reflecting on it, I got super creeped out because of the. uh, Well, no, because like. Not not by the ant, obviously, but like the fact that as the camera's panning, yeah, like you can see the flashing lights in the in the background mm-hmm. from God knows how many police cruisers and emergency lines. You see the emergency broadcasting system yep. on that television, and you're getting this actual like full on, legit creepy like sense of the world is over you know yeah post-apocalyptic yep. so i mentioned how much i love cassie i could have done without the mom or the stepdad in this movie yeah <laughs> they weren't in there very much though no, I it know. was it was uh I, I they yeah i don't think they they add anything but they're they're there as as furniture you know for 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 Cassie being in the story. Well, yeah, and, um, I, and I was fine with the stepdad changing his opinion of Scott in the first yeah. movie, but getting to the point where he's, like, hugging him and stuff, yeah. it was a little, that was a little too much. You know, it was, again, it was like, it's one thing to have a joke, but the joke's got to work within the story kind of thing, and, and I just didn't feel like that really, like, 
I feel, <laughs> just... I feel like they kind of dropped the ball with him a little bit because I feel like if if him and Scott are so cool, I, I would have felt like it would have been a little more fun to see him kind of step up in his cop role to kind of defend Scott at moments mm-hmm. and not just be mm. like, you know, not just be like, this is this is you guys going way above and beyond what you should be doing, you know, like like the, the mom was doing. I feel like he should have gone full cop at moments and been like, hey, step back, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> like funny, funny thing, um, I, I was just looking up because I was wondering how old the uh, the actress was that, that plays Cassie because I would love if, if we still have an MCU in 10 years for her to like be a full-blown superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born... <laughs> In 2008, so she she is the same age as the MCU. Oh my god! And I'm, I feel I'm so throwing, old. I'm just throwing this out there. You know, one of Clint's kids is named Kate, right? Just saying, Young Avengers. Just, mm-hmm. just saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, they they hinted at that with Cassie too. I mean, right? Uh, yeah, you know, she wanted to be a hero as well. Yeah, that that's and I think the the actress has even said as much, like on the red carpet or something. Mm-hmm. That she, yeah, that the, uh, she wants to be in the Young Avengers. So, yeah, they'll get there. And um, while I, I while I'll agree about the stepfather uh, because mainly because um, that actor Bobby Cannaval. Uh, Cannavale, I don't know how you pronounce it, uh, will always be a character from Boardwalk Empire for me, mm-hmm. which, no. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Judy Greer, no, you can put her in anything. It doesn't matter which. <laughs> oh, I love that woman. Yeah. <laughs> Although Cheryl. I am kind of glad, though, that we didn't have a, but I don't want to go, daddy, like, moment with Cassie as oh, she's fading away. Oh, hey. yeah, <laughs> I think she could have done it. I think she could have p- p- pulled at the heartstrings, but. Uh... Oh, absolutely. But I'm glad they didn't, they, didn't, <laughs> right. they didn't try and play that card twice. Right. That was, my, uh, that was my original paranoia about the second end credit scene. Right. I'm like, we're we're about to pan to a we're about to pan to a farm. Watch, we're gonna pan to a farm. And it's gonna be it's gonna be Clint. Yeah, this and family just hurt. disappearing around him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. That's I was so paranoid and so worried. I'm like, they're gonna do it. They keep saying that that supposedly Although... Jeremy Renner shot a scene, so they're gonna do this to us. <laughs> they're gonna put the extra gut punch at the end. But what I want to do though is whenever like Clint decides to like suit up and, and head out, is that you know. He he like grabs like the quiver full of arrows and then he like goes no and then you see him walk back and then he comes back with another quiver full of arrows <laughs> and he's like <laughs> i'm gonna need twice as many this two time quivers. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. see, see i want to see him put on try and try and put on the uniform but it won't fit like you put on a <laughs> <laughs> I I have I have a Hank Pym or Pym particle related uh, theory about a possible upgrade to a Clint's costume for Infinity War, but I'll share that towards the end of the episode if we don't want to get too off off track. Because there's something really cool that they do in the comics that I think they might possibly do with the movie and and answer answer a question that people have had since the first avengers film in clint running out of arrows i have a theory okay but uh yeah like (laughs) i ran out of arrows what yeah i killed 20 (laughs) i had 20 arrows i killed 20 aliens you're welcome (laughs) you're welcome watch me use my bow as a weapon a few times (laughs) um but anyway, um, yeah. So, so that covers. Can we go? Can we go back and talk about bad guys again for a second? Sure. Um. So, 
I was really disappointed in the the like low budget version of of uh, Justin Hammer that we had mm. with Sonny Birch. I know you love Walter Goggins, but um that that character was was just was I felt like we were back in phase 2 and this was the 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 land of the terrible MCU villains who are just completely lame and I don't care about at all. Right, um, right. and that's why like I said I felt like they crammed too much into this and that was another one just pull that whole subplot right out of yes, it. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. I I thought he was incredibly lame. I thought that um Ghost was was a good adversary and I I liked having Bill Foster there but I, I just I, I felt like if if we were if we were you know rating this movie's bad guys against like the last you know oh, against, three or no. four or five uh, movies worth you know ego and Hella and and uh, uh, Killmonger and things oh, like yeah. that this was Claw. this was really <laughs> weak. I mean, yeah, yeah, Claw and Vulture too. I mean, they are are fantastic compared to to what we had in this. Um, and I mean, Ghost Ghost was interesting, and I I would love to see uh, more of of Lawrence Fishburne because I think he's awesome, and I love I love the uh, 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 the older uh, superhero generation being in there. But I I really felt like this was a step way 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 back uh, MCU wise in terms of the villains. I, I almost feel like Ghost with that same backstory, but being used again by somebody actually truly like evil would have been a little bit better yeah. um, or, or something along those lines. Because, yeah, I mean, it's like he's reluctant, you know, mm -hmm. she she just wants to survive. It's like, yeah, you don't really have. I mean, yeah, you're supposed to hate the, the oh, whatever his name is, Sonny, whatever. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but it's like, but I don't really care about him because he's so lame. Yeah. <laughs> so... He's like a low rent. He's a low rent mob boss down to the end. Uh, right. I mean, he was there basically to give Luis and his buddies something to do, I think. Think. I he's, think that was the whole like point of that character. He's um, truth serum. He's, right, he's yeah. Photo truth serum. Was to tell those jokes, and and that's why I feel like that whole element could be removed. Eh. You're all wrong, and you should feel bad. Okay. <laughs> not not only that, but I mean, they not flat only out that. they flat out tease a redemption arc for this version of Ghost, which right. I feel like yes. if they went with the full on schizophrenic, uh, schizophrenic you know, steals whatever information he can and goes, like, full, like... Well, here's the thing. Full crazy. I feel like that would have been a little more than, like, teasing a redemption angle. Well, here's the thing, though. There could always be another thief that steals the suit and learns how, how it happened and finds some way of creating the process in a more safe way so that they can control it, and then you've got another ghost. You know, that could be sure. a villain. So there's no reason why... You know, the ghost is gone, necessarily, even if this particular version of the ghost is reformed and, you know, she's, she's good, you know, everything goes well with her now, so... Um you know, so, so there's that. But yeah, I just felt, I just felt like the redemption arc for her, though... I felt like that's the the moment when she threatened Cassie was the moment when it was like, oh, okay, this is beyond just trying to survive. She is actually an you know an evil person, you know. Hey, uh, do, um, do you think Jessica Jones is an evil person? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm rewatching it, and last night Trish I is saw more the evil, though. I can tell you. Well, that. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, uh... I'm saying last night I, I'm rewatching it, and I saw the episode where Jessica kidnapped, basically kidnapped and threatened the son 
of yep. um of the of the the hosiery uh, executive to get the address for Carl and, you know, spoiler, her mom um, in, in season two. And, yeah, she basically grabbed him and called his father and said, if you don't give me the address, I can't – your son – she pretty much said, if you ever want to see your son again, yeah. you're going to tell me what I want to know. So, yeah, Jessica did – worse than what Ghost did here because, yeah, we knew – because we know Jessica. We know she wouldn't have actually done it, but uh, she physically had him. Ghost never had Cassie. It's not, it was never a redemption arc with her. It was from beginning to end. She wasn't trying to be redeemed. She was trying to end her pain. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's what it was about for her. Um, and I, this is why I think you're, you all are – with the exception <laughs> of Vulture, every uh, – all the great villains lately have been – world changing world dominating universe right. destroying uh this was very much a street level villain and a street level story walter goggins sonny yeah was just your typical mobster that that's fine and that he served the purpose of that although i'm curious to, see, to know what higher power he worked for because he did say he answered to people mm -hmm. but bill foster and ghost i think fit the mold of these these three-dimensional dynamic mm -hmm villains we've had lately because they had motivations that went beyond just cookie cutter bad guy i'm going to be evil for evil's sake they were bill foster was ultimately a good guy he he crossed some lines but he was doing it for the right reasons and in the end he would never have let anything bad happen to anyone ghost yeah she did bad things but one she was raised to do bad things by shield slash hydra mm -hmm. and two Again, she was blinded by – By pain. She's being, yeah, she's being torn apart at the molecular level. I don't know that there's anything – I'm trying to describe something that's comparable and short of having to watch Batman versus Superman on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> that's just your psyche being torn apart at yeah. the molecular level. <laughs> at the molecular level. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. I yeah. I, I just don't. It's just you know Jessica Jones. You don't know Ghost. So for right. Ghost, that makes her evil. For Jessica Jones, <laughs> it makes her forgivable because you know she's bluffing. Uh no, I know because I mean Ghost has a track record of murdering people. So I think we can say that. So did Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jessica. one does not make a track record. <laughs> She was at two at that point. <laughs> but, you know, hey, hey, I, I can seg us back into... Uh, it's kind of strenuous, but I can seg us back into the movie. Because, uh, watch this. Ready? Since we just talked about Jessica Jones. Hey, Daredevil and uh, and uh, Janet uh, Janet Van Dyne uh, totally did a movie together. There you go. That's your seg. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, at least can we all agree that Trish is the most evil character in the Netflix yes. part of the MDO? Oh, yeah. Okay, Which thank you. Well, in the, in the Defenders verse. <laughs> yes, in the Defenders verse. Yes, thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, uh, wait, wait, wait. Like, I want your cray cray. <laughs> oh. oh, God. I have so much. I Sorry. That's still alive, maybe. I think Bakudo was, was a pretty terrible person. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that one. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I totally derailed that. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, I. Yeah. Anyway, mm. just, just watch, just watch Stardust. That's all you have to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying, Ryan. I just, 
I don't know. I, I want more from the villains because like you say, yeah, Bill Foster is never going to let anything happen. So at the end, the movie was just, you know, a bunch of running around with, you know, not a lot at stake other than getting Jan out of the quantum realm. So maybe make the movie oh. about that then <laughs> instead of, oh yeah, we keep having this thing we need to do that. But we, we you know, the sidetrack stuff is what, you know, keeps happening. So I don't but know. isn't that kind of what makes like the first Amen movie was a heist movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they are able to experiment with these formats and do things a little bit differently, and just it's, it doesn't follow the mold. I mean, if he had had to save the world again, yeah, it would have been entertaining. Yeah, we would have loved it, but. I don't know. I just find the the break. This movie came right after Infinity War. We didn't need another that high stakes. This it'll, unfortunately, it'll always be associated with Infinity War because of that after credit scene. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it needed to be a, a bomb. It needed to be a toned way the f down. All right, I'm sorry. I'm just watching Adam West carrying a bomb, saying, "I can't, sometimes you can't just get rid of a bomb." I know what you meant. B a l m. B a l m. It needed to be a bomb. Bomb. Some days can't. What's what did he say? Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yes. <laughs> they they were really funny on that movie but <laughs> i didn't appreciate it when i was little um but uh yeah um so so yeah i mean we talked about her a little bit but we talked more about paul rudd being or pretending to be michelle pfeiffer um so so let's talk about michelle herself she didn't she wasn't in it for a whole lot um but you know, we got her finally as uh, as Janet uh, Van Dyne. So and um, the flashback scenes are are getting getting like like you can't even tell that they're flashback scenes because like, it's so Valley. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like it was getting kind of uncanny valley there, but I was like, there's something off about it, even though it looks really good. And I was, well, I was just a little creepy. We're still in the valley, but we're coming up the opposite side. Right. Yeah. Now. I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't fake. like it Henry like Cavill's, it wasn't like Henry Cavill's lips that don't sync up because they're trying to edit out the mustache. No, mustache. Oh God. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, they're, they're really well done. I mean, my, my I think I might have told this story before, but uh, with the first Ant-Man, um, I'm watching it with my mom, and my mom is like, wow, Michael Douglas's plastic surgery was really good. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God, Mom. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's CG. She's like, oh. <laughs> uh, she thought that that was actually what he looks like now. Well, not, well, it not, helps that all these actors, they have so much reference material right. yeah. to, to pull from. Right. Not only that, but then, like, practical-wise, they tried to go in the uh, complete opposite, re- you know, way, where, like, the second they do have Janet out of the multiverse, you have, hey, look, uh, here's, um, you know, here's Michelle Pfeiffer aged up, and she's got the weird white hair that has obviously died, because that's not how... It, it just looked really weird. Well, it's like she looks like this, like, um, badass mercenary 
that's yeah. had to like like live this horrible grizzled life for 30 years and it's like I, I almost wish there had been like a world or something that she was on or something just mm-hmm. to like imply like what's been going on there for 30 years other than just oh I've evolved and now I have quantum powers <laughs> that we won't define um, well well healing is is a pretty pretty damn big deal in a in a superhero universe so that's true she's gonna be the cleric yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know i i wanted more with her which is why i wish that the I movie did. had focused a little more on that part of it um rather I, than making I, that kind of like the the side you know the side point yeah it's, it's I, michelle I, cypher and you you, <laughs> you don't use her <laughs> Yeah. I did roll my eyes when she as Scott or Scott as her, you know, said, Oh, and the alignment won't be perfect again for another what was it, twenty years century, or century, century. Yeah. yeah. How, I love how it's always a perfectly round even number right. you know, <laughs> when planets well, need to be aligned or Well, if there are run. time warps, why aren't you using the time warps then to another point when the alignment is good? Uh, yeah, why didn't she pop out? Like why didn't she pop out in phase one? Because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <sighs> she had read the script is the answer to yeah. your question. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, I, I liked her and I wanted to see more of her was basically my point with that because I don't feel like we got a whole lot. We got more of Paul Rudd playing Michelle Pfeiffer playing Janet Van Dyne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, th- th- there is so much so much backstory. Ne- never mind her time in the quantum realm, which yes, I would love to see more of her, you know, mad maxing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, the fact that she's not crazy suggests she has been in contact with other sentient beings. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would love to. Know, I would love for them to pretty much reveal that there's been like in the Secret Avengers during the '80s, or because yeah, you had Hank and you had Janet, and I'm sure Peggy Carter was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's oh, I, and and of course Howard Stark. Yes, I would love to, the, the, to know the seventy and Bill Foster. Yes, Bill Foster. Yes, I would love to as a Goliath. I would love a 70s, 80s history or, or Avengers movie or something. I, I've been saying I wanted a, a Cold War uh, 60s shield with uh, with Hank and Janet and Peggy and Howard and, um, oh, God, I'm forgetting his name, uh, Anton Vanko. Mm. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Before he got deported, that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it, At the very least, it's the fact that they haven't done tie-in comics or even novelizations or something mm-hmm. – is just they're leaving money yeah. on the table. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they're obviously adding to the past story with Captain Marvel, and mm-hmm. so we might be seeing yeah. their first hesitant steps that way. Because I mean, the, part of the problem I think though is that they don't want to have any comics or books that might contradict later movies. So they kind of mm-hmm. have to think. They really have to think ahead before they establish any more stuff in the past to make sure that they're not going to screw themselves over. Um, and I don't think that they've ever put that much thought into what happened before with the exception of two seasons of uh agent carter right Mm -hmm. but that was almost like well what happened after captain america and and you know without getting too into too world shattering of events you know they they basically just took what had already been established in the movies and just seeded some little things in there that's like oh this could have been the beginning of that like uh faustus uh meeting uh Mm -hmm. uh what's mccallit in the in the end of season one of peggy carter um which is by far like the most awesome cameo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Zola, Zola. It took me forever to get there, but yeah, Zola showing up, and yeah, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> but uh, it's all connected. Um, yeah. Well, when they want it to be. Right, connected. when they want it to be. <laughs> Unless it's Runaways. <laughs> In which case, good luck figuring that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so um, we're getting a little bit long. So um, final thoughts on the movie. Um, you know, uh I think we all kind of agree that it's uh, that it's uh, you know kind of up there, but you know, uh, say if you'd recommend this movie, uh, and then yeah, I mean, uh, what you would like to see if there was an Ant Man three. So, um, Ryan, let's start with you, and then go uh, Eric and then Jen. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we're at a point now where I don't like ranking Marvel movies against sure. each other because they're that's all why I just said like you know would you recommend it? Yeah, you yeah, know it's like know. to a point now. Yeah, because I mean yeah, exactly. Creating like, the big like long saying, list. You, yeah, I mean literally, it's like saying, do I want a chocolate milkshake from McDonald's or do I want a chocolate milkshake from you know Jack in the Box? It's it's like yeah, I just want a chocolate milkshake. You know, um, I, I would absolutely recommend it I, I i probably enjoyed it more than the first one and i really enjoyed the first one uh i, I feel like it's a solid performer um of course it wasn't going to be as good as infinity ward i mean that's just that's a given uh but i would say that as far as it, it just for the for the fun of it if you wanted to rank it up against the sequels uh the only one that might be better that's definitely better of course is winter soldier um but it might be better than all probably better definitely better than Iron Man 2, definitely better than uh, Thor 2. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll see how future sequels shake out. But definitely, it's up there. Go see it. And, and yeah, Wasp took a little while to... I kind of was a little annoyed about the fact that it took you know the first act, all the entire first act before they introduced her. But when she showed up, it, it basically turned into her movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott turned into comic relief at that point. Um uh, what else did you want me to say? Oh, what I wanted in a third one. Yeah, well, they did a third one. I freaking love for them for Scott to start naming his aunts uh, with female names. Antoinette. Ants. But otherwise, I don't know. I, I kind of want them to obviously, if they don't do it elsewhere, explore the quantum realm, see where we can go with that. I feel like Ant Man does a good job of balancing the street level mentality while also subtly expanding the Marvel universe in ways you didn't even think were possible, like with the introduction of the quantum realm. And if that ends up being how Avengers four shakes out because of that, then you realize, wow, he was integral and, and you wouldn't, you would never think it about a character who was part of a heist and just all the street level stuff. Um, I'm not familiar enough with the characters to want to suggest who should show up like villain wise or anything like that. I guess if I was, and I think now when, when they first were talking about doing it, man, I was wondering how they were going to, if they were, were going to approach the whole Hank Pym, you know, mm-hmm. chemical balance and his, his, all the ways he's messed up and they've made him a complete asshole, which is great. <laughs> I think that I would stop there. I wouldn't delve into the whole, comic book history of the things Hank yeah. has done. I, I don't think it's necessary. It's kind of like the whole uh, demon in a bottle with Tony. Yeah. Um, I don't know that. I think we've we've passed that line. It's just not necessary anymore. Uh, otherwise, if they wanted to bring back Ghost and, and maybe have Bill Foster Goliath out, that would be kick-ass. 
By the way, Ryan, the correct answer to your question is a chocolate frosty from Wendy's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not a milkshake, though. Not a milkshake. But you can drink it like one. No, only if you let it sit for a half an hour. No, no. I drink it right when I get it. I don't know how you guys don't know how to do that, but I do it. And, and you know what? You're wrong on this like you are so many other things. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Eric, how about you? Uh, final thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, yeah, how you would uh, recommend it, and uh, if you have any uh, wishes for a third movie, if they do. I work. mean, it is a very fun movie, but I, when it came to the movies this year, I would very easily like go, oh, yeah, see uh, see Deadpool 2. I, and in the back of my head, I'd be like, oh. Yeah, I guess I guess you could check out Ant Man and the Wasp. It's 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 fun, but I you know what I mean. Like my brain, and yeah, sure, I'm biased, but it's it just feels like a stronger film in the first place. And and I say that as someone who did enjoy this movie, but I'm still going. Yeah, go you know Deadpool two easily. Like after Infinity War, palette palette cleanser. Go go check out Deadpool two. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, you know. Fun, fun Marvel movie, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. I mean, if you like, like the first one, and I don't know, it's it's just one of those weird things where I'd be like, yeah, you don't have to like really rush out and see it. It's just it, it's there and it's it's fun, but it's <laughs> it's definitely nowhere. It's nowhere near like top five of Marvel Marvel movies. The but phrase again, "damning with faint praise" comes to mind. <laughs> I know, like it's it's. I don't know. Um, and then, and I know it would be over flooding the movie, but I feel like it might be a fun idea to uh, introduce uh, Nadia, who is the uh, who is the um, other Hank Pym daughter in current Marvel continuity, and she's she's awesome, and she's my favorite my favorite of the of the uh, other wasps. And for those that don't know, um, she's. She's Hank's daughter from the previous relationship he was in before he and Janet uh, started dating. And she is she's awesome. She actually got trained in the Red Room a la Black Widow. Mm. And she's like a super she's super scientist. Uh, she's a little bit younger than um a little bit younger than uh, Hope is. And she just naughty is naughty is awesome. She's so cool. She's such a fun character. And I think it would be really interesting for, you know, like us to find out that that Hank had another daughter. But it would also probably also be super convoluted for how they've set yeah. up the movie. So I don't think we'll see her. But she's she's awesome. She's one of my favorite newer Marvel characters of the last like decade or so. And and Janet has become like a surrogate mother to her. It's it's really fun stuff, and like I said, it's unique enough where like so she's got the she's super scientist, but she's also like can be badass at the switch of a dime if she really needs to. And she's such she's such a fun character, and I think she's loosely inspired by Hope. Hmm. Okay. And uh, Jen, what about you? So, uh, uh, agreed. With uh, with with both folks, um, I uh, all, all Marvel movies, with the exception of The Dark World, um, are good. Um, there's there's just varying levels of good. Um, but uh, this, if if I was going to be ranking, it would be in the bottom half for me. Um, I I think uh, that that it was it was a big step back in terms of villains. Um, I loved. 
uh, everything about the wasp. I I could watch her fighting stuff for a half an hour solid and not be bored. And uh, I I thought that that was great. Um, but it didn't have. It wasn't as much fun as the first one, and that was that was kind of what made the first one awesome. Um, it it just it didn't have the same tone. Um, I you know assuming that there is a, a an Ant Man three, I want to definitely see continue to see uh, the Wasp doing awesome stuff. Um, I would like more Luis. Uh, I, I I agree that um, he's. He was such a highlight of the first movie, and he was just not he was criminally underused in this one. Um, i would I would love to see more um, you know, more stuff, you know, more more uh, stuff like we said, like with with the the historical uh, shield, you know, back when all these guys were young, that would be awesome. Um, that would make a great like TV miniseries or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, I would not tell people go to see Deadpool 2 over this because I'm still pretty steamed about, uh, about the main female character getting fridged in that movie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, I I would, you know, I would say wait until you can get it for free on Netflix or just, you know, give it another two years and it will be on, you know, power rotation on TNT. Um, how many times did you see the movie in the movie theaters, John? Twice. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I saw it once. I right. saw it once, and then it has been so long since I saw it that I saw it again yesterday. Okay. To, partly because I wanted to see, you know, did I did, was I just in a crappy mood the day that I saw it, and did mm. I not give it a fair shake? Okay. What Deadpool two? No, Ant Man and the Wasp. No, Ant Man <laughs> and the Wasp. I only saw this. Like, no, no, like, she was just saying, like, wait to watch it for free on Netflix, and so I just thought it was funny because I know she had watched it at least twice. <laughs> just, oh, okay. Well, yeah, but the second time was six dollars. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I do want to just real quick throw in there. I think part of enjoying or not enjoying Ant-Man, I, I wonder how much that has to do with the fact that, you know, Ant-Man 1 followed Age of Ultron, and this one followed Infinity War. So I would love for the third one to maybe not be so closely associated to an Avengers movie. Yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but that is fair, because, yeah, I mean, Age of Ultron, like I said, did disappoint me uh, that summer, and so I might have ranked Ant-Man higher just because... I was so pleasantly surprised by Ant-Man compared to, you know, having my expectations. I mean, I don't th- I don't think Age of Ultron was an awful movie, but it definitely no. did not meet my expectations. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, for me, um, you know, I, I think that this was a fun movie. I Like I said, I feel like... I feel like it did kind of throw in a bunch of things from the first movie, not because they felt like they were intrinsic to the plot, but it, they felt like that they were popular or fun parts of the first movie, so they're just going to do them again. Um, I, I would like to see them... I, I would like to see more... If there's a third movie, I want them to try to make the humor more intrinsic to the plot. And yeah. so if you're going to have Luis in it have Luis do things that are important rather than have him have a side plot 
that really doesn't add up to a whole lot, but it's just basically there to keep Luis busy and have him on the screen. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, it just, I, I, I get it. Edgar Wright is kind of really genius about that kind of thing of coming up with really good plots, but making them funny and they don't have him anymore to write the script. But I, I, I'm, there are other people who are good at that in Hollywood and I'm sure they can find them if they look, um, but, uh, yeah, and, and as far as the movie goes, I don't think it was as good as the first one, but uh, I definitely think it's worth watching. Uh, like Jed said, it's probably not one you need to see in the movie theater, uh, although it is very visually interesting, so maybe that is a, a reason to see it in the movie theater and see it on the big screen, but I think you're probably just fine to watch it on Netflix or on a Blu-ray and, uh, and, and getting all that straight in your home. Well, let's be honest, unless you're watching... The, all the all the Marvel movies before Avengers four or for a marathon in the theaters, you can't see it in well, the theater true. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these movies are going to be back in movie theaters multiple times in our lifetime. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> and, and yes, there is the big one. I know that they're doing um, in a, like a month or two um, where they're going to show all of them uh, in IMAX again. Um, but uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, so now let's say goodbye and let people know where they can find you online. So, uh, Eric, let's start with you. Uh, as usual, people can find me on the internet with both a very quick Google search. Well, not necessarily actually now that I think about that. And just on Twitter at Eric Rackliff, because I am very easy to find on the internets. I don't know why I just am. Um, uh yeah i don't know what's going on lately um okay. stuff and things All i'm right. very boring <laughs> uh do you want to plug anything nothing's really going on at the moment okay fair enough just, just go on my twitter i'm sure you will find stuff okay uh <laughs> jen especially why? when i don't know when this one will so okay fair <laughs> enough so uh jen why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you goodbye um, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm kind of uh, reclusive online uh, compared to some people. I, I I have a Twitter account that I almost never touch. Um, I am on Facebook. I'm on all the the same groups that that all these fine people are, are in. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm about to go Periscope down for uh, for the semester um, of of hell work. So uh, I'm I'm not going to be around a lot <laughs> to, to find. But um, but, but you yeah, will be on two more episodes of the Forty Two Cast just yes, before that happens. We are we are recording them within the next like week. Right. Or so. <laughs> um, so yes, that is that is true. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm around, but. But kind of lurking and uh, nothing in particular to plug right now. And Brian, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Yeah, um, in the 90s, I got DSL, so I'd never have to say goodbye to the internet. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to now. Uh, it's my lifeline in so many ways. Uh, you can find me at geekstranger.com we'll say uh, you can find me on twitter at geekstranger sure why not <laughs> and all those places will get you to my facebook which is actually probably the best place to to tell me that how right i am and basically just objectify me to your heart's content <laughs> um <laughs> and this won't be aired in time but i will be at dragon con you can find me there um and uh otherwise yeah just uh Post an opinion on the internet and uh, tag me and I'll tell you uh, exactly why you're the best person ever or my new enemy for life. 
so are you going to make any kind of absurd claims about your website this time? Uh, uh, my absurd claim will be that it will be updated after Dragon Con because I will get a rush. Like you, like, like, oh my God! See, this is what, I missed Dragon Con last year because you know oh, a hurricane, flooding, yeah, um, yeah, flooding, yeah. So this year I, I, I will be. I will just have like an adrenaline rush. I will be pumped and creative and just have this this drive. And this happens every year after Dragon Con. And it lasts for about two or three months. And then life kicks back in. (laughs) But yeah, I wouldn't be at all surprised if things start rolling, you know, and I make uh, brand new commitments uh, in mid-September that I break around Christmas. Okay. I just want to. St- I need to like go back through old episodes and like do a montage of all the times you promised that there'd be new content on the website by the time it aired. Uh, and I always have a caveat, you know. I mean, like we obviously this is spoken word, but if you can right. see my expression when I'm saying that, <laughs> there are air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I will update. Oh. <laughs> uh, well. I mean, um, it's super, I remember the password for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, uh, Ryan and Eric and Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the episode today. This was a lot of fun. Yay! <laughs> and so that's a wrap for the Ant Man and the Wasp episode. Uh, I hope that you liked it. Um, I definitely want to hear from you guys. I mean, especially now we're all in lockdown, or a lot of us are in lockdown. You know. One of the best things that we can do is keep in touch. So, you know, I'm always looking for feedback. I know that there are people out there listening. Every once in a while I get feedback. I love it. Every time I get feedback, I get excited. Even if the feedback gets negative in it, it's fine. You can't improve without a little negativity. As long as it's constructive negativity, I have never had a problem with that sort of thing. In fact, I would rather know what people want than not hear you know anything at all so you know when i've heard people say things like oh god you know people should just keep things to themselves just don't listen you know if you don't like something blah 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 i was like well how can anyone improve with that attitude so anyway there's a lot of ways that you can contact us. There's a lot of ways you can tell us what kind of topics you like, what kind of guests you like, you know, whether you want more of one thing or another, new ideas that we can try, etc. So, the ways that you can do that. Email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can go to our website at 42cast.com and you can leave messages on any of the episodes. Uh, you can uh, tweet to us at, at 42cast. You can go to facebook.com slash 42cast and leave a message there. You can, uh, of course, leave reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. Always on the lookout for more reviews. And the more reviews iTunes gets or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's calling itself now well the material you know the more reviews they get the more they promote you know certain shows over others so i've got i think five reviews now would definitely like some more so you know i definitely appreciate that um and uh you know there's the eso patreon too which um you know as a service that's out there it's a thing you can give money to the network um you can get access to some exclusive episodes um there's a 42 cast episode there um you know i keep hoping that i'm going to get time to give there's a few episodes i've earmarked as patreon episodes i just need to get them out there um um you know we'll uh you know check that out 
out, you know, if you have some money to spare, you know, feel free to do that because it helps keep the network running. And the more you help the network keep running, the more all the different shows on the SO network get helped. So, you know, there's that. Anyway. <laughs> um so yeah uh, that's kind of the end of this episode i don't want to say too much you know obviously people you know do what you can in this time uh hope things you know are going well for everyone that's listening um you know do what you can to help others uh help do what you can to keep from spreading the virus uh if you have the virus uh hopefully your symptoms are the mild you know ones and and you're not seriously ill so um you know we'll just have to keep on keeping on and hope that you know the scientists find you know the the right vaccine or whatever as soon as possible time so that's it for this week join us back next week when john williams will not be joining us and until then this is nathan signing off You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2020 got a question for the ultimate answer contact us at everything at 42 cast.com theme music is sharper swords by brandon ellis check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com the 42 cast is a proud member of the eso network has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.